of your pool all of the time. Join me, your host, Sam Wiles, as we discover the history, the music, and the man behind it all, Paul McCartney. To get in contact with the show, email us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Paul or Nothing, the place to get all of your pool all of the time. And remember, this is widescreen podcasting. This is widescreen podcasting. I am, of course, your host, Sam Wiles. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you're all well, safe, and sound. Today, y'all, it is the dawn of a grand old project here at Paul or Nothing. You remember when we did three episodes in three days about Peter Jackson's Disney Plus's The Beatles' Get Back Docu series? Well, we're going to go one or even two steps beyond that, as here at Paul or Nothing, we're going to be releasing five episodes in five days in a side series where we're going to be going through the ongoing... 2022 Paul McCartney Got Back Tour. Folks, all the dates for the Got Back Tour are currently exclusively in America. And so being a UK-based content creator who is unable to go and witness the content live for himself, I thought the best possible second place prize would be to find out which of my podcasting and internet friends would be going to a gig and to invite them onto the show and, you guessed it, talk about it. Well, as it turns out, pretty much all of my Yankee Doodle podcasting compadres were going to see Paul, and because of this, the scope of this project spiralled wildly out of control. At first, it was going to be like a, a single episode where I was going to have two people on to talk back and forth, then I was like, oh, well, these are both actually more than an hour long, maybe I'll do two single parts and three single parts, and now we find ourselves at a five-part series. I'm not going to be spoiling who's going to be appearing in this series. You'll have to wait for each title each day. But every single one of them has indeed been on this show before. And they are all darlings of the Macca new media in their own right. Each episode will largely be in a similar structure. But each guest brings their own unique experience, take on the material and personal charm to the mix. Making each one an insightful piece of this got back puzzle. If you're interested in modern Paul, you know, his voice, his set list, or just touring and gigging and the American live show experience in general, then this is a series you will not want to miss out on. But everyone, since this is five episodes in five days, I'm not going to bore you with lengthy intros or real drawn out housekeeping segments. So let's just get the housekeeping out of the way. Let's go in right now. Housekeeping! You know the drill. Starting off, do we have any news for today? Absolutely nada, so we'll carry on with the email, not emails. To get in contact with the show, email us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. You know I love any and all correspondence. I love to read it out on the show. Of course, the theme of these next five episodes are going to be about the Got Back Tour and your experience. So if any of you out there have seen Paul live on any of the dates or are about to, please drop me an email at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. I'd love to get even more opinions out there. And we do have one quick email here today, today here, and it's from my latest Patreon patron, Brian Brigman. And it's incredibly relevant to today's episode. He says, Hi Sam, I'm writing to you from Tampa Airport. I flew down here to meet up with my dad and we went and saw Paul live in Orlando, about a two hour drive from Tampa. It was amazing. I loved every second of it and Paul was great. Geeked out at the fireworks during Live and Let Die, 
sang every na-na-na during Hey Jude. It was simply the most amazing night of my life. Don't tell my wife I said that. My dad just about had a heart attack when he played Junior's Farm. I cannot tell you how happy I am to finally see him after missing him for all these years. I know people complain about the set list, but no one seemed to mind around me. Everyone seemed really happy. Crowd were great too. Everyone sang along to Obladi Oblada, which is my favourite album track behind What You're Doing. Screw the haters, just enjoy the man while he's still around. Also, I listened to your McCartney 2 Listen With Sam, and it was great. I thought all of them were off the cuff. You did a great job with it. I really like your Listen With Sam side series because I love how your taste changes on, on some songs. Funny story about McCartney 2, when I first got it at a used record shop in the 2000s, I was like, okay, coming up is great, and then Temporary Secretary came on, and I was like, what the hell is this? And it blew my mind. Anyway, keep up the great work. Sincerely, Brian. It is spelt Brian, but he kindly points out that it's meant to be pronounced Brian. Thank you so much for that email there, dude. Thank you so much for giving me something tied into today's episode, which is exactly what I want from all of you out there listening right now to do. If you've seen Paul on the Got Back Tour, do exactly as Brian has done here. Also, great to hear that you're going with your dad. You know, that is something that I wish I could have done, you know might take my mom if Paul comes to the UK that's still up for debate I don't know but yeah that's a really nice memory to have there that's awesome also thank you for shouting out the McCartney 2 episode of Listen With Sam that again was the first episode that I did completely without notes just on the fly and everyone seems to like it even more than the regular ones now I'm kidding everyone seems to like it just as much as the regular Listen With Sam episodes and that is a real confidence boost, really. It's nice to know that I can kind of do this on the fly. Actually, a couple of my recent guest appearances on podcasts were done without notes as well, though I will not tell you which ones they were. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for that, dude. And yeah, of course, McCartney 2 is amazing, as is Temporary Secretary. You know, it's obvious why that became the theme song for this show. Thank you so much for that, Brian, and thank you for being a Patreon patron. But yeah, folks, be like Brian. Email us at paulmccartneypod at gmail.com. Follow us on our Twitter, which is at McCartneyPod for day-to-day updates for bonus Paul or nothing written content. Check out the blog, which is paulmccartneypod.wordpress.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by typing in Paul or nothing or Paul McCartney Podcast. Of course, YouTube is where you can find new episodes of Macca in your attic. I do need to get off my ass and do another episode of that. I know there are some of you out there who are real fans of that show. I have not forgotten about it. It's just getting guests lined up and getting our schedules synced up. Of course, if you want to help out the show right away, in a way that takes less than 30 seconds, if you could please leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on, whether it's a like, a thumbs up, a tick, a nice comment maybe... Anything at all will do. It really helps out the show in a massive way and it's always appreciated. Speaking of appreciation, I can't not mention the Patreon and my Patreon family. Patreon is the platform by which you, the public, can support independent content creators such as myself. You know, if you're enjoying the show, if you like the product that I'm putting out and you want to help contribute to this show, you know, getting new equipment, getting new product to review, getting new people on the show, or just getting me time off work so I can do more of it, or maybe you just like it and you want to say thanks by throwing a few dollars at my face down the internet every month, then please consider joining the Patreon family. It is not just a gimme, though. You do get your money's worth. You get two days early access to all episodes of 
Paul or Nothing. You get instant access to the Paul or Nothing video feed. So, of course, I do all of my interviews online now on Zoom, and so they are immediately uploaded to the Patreon the moment they are done. So not only do you get the content early, weeks, sometimes months early, but you get it on video as well, which you do not get if you're listening right now or even watching on YouTube. You get one week early access to all episodes of Macca in Your Attic. Um, I also want to point out that if I record an episode solo, that also goes instantly on the Patreon as well. Vastly ahead of schedule, you also get all of the scripts that are used for this show as well, and you also get lost and hidden and unreleased episodes of Paul or Nothing. Finally, you also get access to the unique, exclusive Patreon vlog series. I've done like 11 of them now, so there's, you know, another 11 odd hours of Paul or Nothing content that is hidden behind the dreaded paywall. But yeah. The latest episode, I go through every wing song that Paul has and has not played live and which of them I'd like to see in the set list in the future. Obviously, some of them are pipe dreams, I know, but it's nice to speculate. Anyway, those are some of the things you can get when you become a Patreon patron, such as my two new Patreon patrons, Brian Brigman and Annie McNeil. Thank you both for, you know, entrusting your hard-earned cash in this show. It is much appreciated, as I always say. It gets me out of bed every day to, to do these episodes for you. It always keeps me excited and engaged, and I'm eternally grateful that anyone would consider this show worthy of any amount of money at all. So thank you to my entire Patreon family. Give them a huge shout-out before we start the episode. Brian Brigman, Annie McNeil, Boz76, Jeff H., David Stabersky, Mitzi Carter, Andy Cochran, Guy Jenkinson, Nancy Twoey, Richard Campbell, Christopher Newman, Mrs. P., Broderick Harper, Moti Ryber, Robert Shuley, Richard Driver, Chris Atkinson, Richard Binnington, Mr. B., Teresa Breda, Stephanie Miller, Katrina S., Sam Hode, Lou DiLonardo, Robert A. Carabelli, Warren Butson, Cheryl McCoy, Matt Phillips, and of course, Mr. Percy Thrillington himself. Anyway, everyone, now that all of that housekeeping is out of the way, it wasn't as quick as I'd like, but hey, there you are. We're going to dive right into part one of five of my look into the Got Back Tour with my special guest, Phoebe from Another Kind of Mind. Take it away, me. One, two, three. Let's go. Right, everyone, we're now here at the live portion of the show here in the Paul or Nothing studio in New York City. And <laughs> today we're gonna <laughs> today we're gonna be covering something not that has happened or will happen, but something that is currently happening right now as we speak. Yes, folks, we are indeed gonna be discussing Paul McCartney's Got Back Tour. Sadly, being based in the UK, I'm unable to attend any of these shows myself, but thankfully I'm gonna be joined by some people who have. The first of which is one of the four faces on what I call the Paul or Nothing Mount Rushmore of guests. Everyone, please welcome back to the show, my very good (laughs) friend and confidant, my underneath the staircase friend, Phoebe from the (laughs) indomitable Another Kind of Mind podcast. Thank you. How's it going, dude? It's going great, Sam. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Rarely are my introductions so colorful. 
<laughs> well, like, I do sound a little bit like a horror monster, like, like a like a horror film villain underneath your stairs with a knife. <laughs> well, like I'd written confidant, and then I was like, "Hang on, that's a, that's a familiar word in the Paul McCartney lexicon." <laughs> I'll riff on that a little bit, being the uh, you know the veteran comic that I am, of course. <laughs> But, you, you know, Phoebe, it's always a great to have you back. I love creating even the most tenuous reasons to have you back on this podcast. Uh, as, agreed. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, I think we're doing one next month. We're just going to be talking about Paul McCartney haircuts from uh, throughout 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 the years. That's going to be a seven-hour seven hour bonus episode. Yes, a multi-series, <laughs> a multi-episode <laughs> series. <laughs> Your breakup series ain't got nothing on the Paul McCartney hairdo series. That's right. Got to break it in eras. <laughs> right everyone welcome back to mullets part two and, uh, <laughs> the most controversial area uh, oh my gosh people everyone forgets linda had the mullet as well and rocked it way better than paul did which is yeah uh, she did oh totally right let's go way back to the beginning here phoebes have you seen paul mccartney live in concert before oh yes sir i have this was actually my sixth Show. Oh fuck off! Sick. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Sick. yep. Okay, run them, run them through. Go on, just roll. All right. Roll, in roll, fairness, roll. though, I'm older than you, and I have been the fan longer. So yeah, but you don't look a day over twenty two, Phoebe. You see, thank that's, you. That's the di- you, you. You don't get that compliment on two legs. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> <laughs> or on Acom. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So I've seen him now. I've seen him in Seattle, um, New York, New Jersey, California, Florida, and Georgia. Wow. So I've never yeah. seen him overseas. <laughs> They've all been in the US. My gosh. And uh, what tours were they on? Were, were any of them two on the same tour or anything like that? Yes. So one. Um, that they've actually been pretty spread out over time. The most recent one before this was a pretty close pre-pandemic. Like, I want to say 2019. Okay. Um, I think I looked it up recently because I didn't. I, I didn't really remember. <laughs> it's hard to remember things pre-pandemic too. Like what happened before the dark period? I, yeah. I don't recall. So I think I might have actually seen him twice on, was that the, fir- not the Freshen Up tour, the out there? One, one-on-one tour? One-on-one, yeah. Yeah, because there was like a little, I, I don't even the, the, I don't even know what the point of calling them different names is. I guess they have different <laughs> um, sponsors because they're basically the same, but. Um, yeah, let's, yes. let's, let's just look it up double. Let's just double check. Yeah. Uh, Man looks something on internet. Uh, so yeah, we've, we're currently going through Got Back. Freshen Up was the last one. Then it was the 2018 Secret Gigs, which I have no idea what that is. I need to look that up. Then it's one on one out there on the run, up and coming. Good evening, and then yeah, all the way, all the way back through. So I think I saw him twice on on one on one, and the reason that I saw him twice is so. So Kristen and I, Kristen is um, also a, an ACOM contributor. We did a, several episodes together on various Beatles films. We did mm-hmm. a, a Hard Day's Night and a Magical Mystery Tour. Yes. Um, and 
she wanted to, she'd never seen Paul before. So, so we went to see him in California, which is where she lives. And then after that, it just so happened that he added tour dates and one of them was uh, near where I live in Atlanta. And so I was like, well, he's coming right here. <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> not go. Right. <laughs> he's, I mean, uh, and it was, and it was affordable and I, I, you know, I was just like, why not? So I took another a friend who had never seen Paul before. So I had, I had like, uh, two, two like fresh virgins to bring to the shows <laughs> <laughs> on that, on that particular tour. And they were both super, super fun. So, and like every time you go with, you know, it's like seeing your favorite movie again with somebody who's mm. never seen it, you get to like re-experience it. So both of those um shows were really worth it for that reason. I mean otherwise they were all, almost exactly the same. As you know Paul doesn't I mean why would he, right? Like his show doesn't change much from night to night. It's not like one week you get a completely different playlist or whatever. It's like a 3-hour set. It's not there's not once he sets it and and as will as we'll learn, he doesn't really change it much from year to year, but he definitely doesn't change it you know they, they there are tweaks from show to show maybe maybe one song here and there but otherwise it's pretty much the same thing yeah like there must be some sort of alternate dimension out there where hey Jude just fell flat during the 89 tour and it just never went back into the set list again but i'm sure those realities are few and far between uh yeah. it's pretty it's pretty much been set in stone since that time really uh and as we've gone on throughout the years the set lists have become less and less about the you know promoting the current album uh you know we haven't really had that since his second solo tour really in 93 and it's mostly become a legacy show now and when you've got a legacy show you have to yeah you, know, you obligate do people you do for sure for sure so the the one thing that i can say is that i've seen him in two different football stadiums, <laughs> I've seen him at Madison Square Garden. Oh. Um, I saw him in a relatively small venue in Georgia, um, in the greater Atlanta area. And then I feel like the show at um, the, 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 the arena in Sacramento, I forget what it's called now. It's like where the Kings play or whatever. It's, um, it's like not... Oh, I want to say like PetSmart or something, um, PepsiCo, I don't remember. But um, that arena was really, really nice. It was new. I think it might have been like one of the few, con like the, one of the first concerts that they ever um, hosted mm. there. And our seats were really good compared to like I am used to sitting in the absolute back row and if you are like really in the back row of a football stadium like that is a very different experience from being in an in an enclosed venue where you're in like almost the first section of like the upper tier which is where Kristen and I were in Sacramento and that was pretty exciting like I, I wasn't actually watching all the jumbotron for the first time I was actually watching him with my naked eye like he was that close and that was sort of a different experience than the rest mm, I can imagine like um yeah it's not like he's 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 gonna run towards you to 
do a field goal or anything like that. He's he's stuck at the other end of of the uh, stadium. That, that's, a, that's a very good point, actually. Like when like when you watch those shows and you see those people at the back, like like for me as someone who would make every effort to either not go or get a seat close up. I actually find it quite boggling to 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 be honest. There's part of me thinking how much how much fun is it compared to the people up front, and I don't know. It 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 wouldn't be worth it for me, and that's why I kind of like seeing more mid tier acts more so than the big boys like McCartney. Like um, I've just seen the Bare Naked Ladies. I'm going to go see St Vincent soon, and they're going to be in much smaller venues where there is that intimacy that's going to make it last a lifetime in your mind, you know? Oh yeah. I, I, well, it's a, it's a huge, I mean, we, a couple of years ago, we saw Liz fair at the mm. um, variety playhouse in, in Atlanta. It's like the size of a, of a elementary school cafeteria. I mean, it's <laughs> tiny, you know, <laughs> like, and, and could have, and there was no seating. I mean, there were, there were chairs kind of set up in the front, like almost like bleachers, but you could easily just walk up to the stage. It wasn't even, you know, it, it was like an, like an old fashioned, old fashioned. It was, it was like a, you know, like a regular show. Mm. Um, and she's a legend, right? So mm-hmm. like that, that, that was crazy. Um, seeing Paul is nothing like, it's not even remotely like that, you know, um, he's on a huge stage and you're like, even if you're, pretty close you're still pretty far away from him and I would imagine but um for me being in the nosebleeds was just a function of how much the tickets cost you know like that's just kind of what I could afford um you know like I said Kristen was the only one who was willing to shell out more money and she's like well I want decent seats so I was like oh okay well then I'll pony up a little bit more money but um I never would have been able to see him, you know, six times if I hadn't had the absolute cheapest seats at all those shows. So for me, it's it's quantity over quality, I guess, is my point. Let's talk about this, though. This is one of the elephants in the room making its way around social media websites and low effort uh, rock article websites. I'm not going to name names. They know who they are. <laughs> and that is the issue with the ticket prices of this tour. And it is a little gauche to ask the specifics, but would you say that your ticket prices were good value for money this time around in terms of your overall experience? Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, <clears throat> all, all of these things are relative, right? So if you go see a, a an a legacy act like Paul with the, first of all, the, the, the length of the show, the quality of the show, you know, um, not to mention the, just the content of Mm -hmm. of the show in terms of like um, hits and Mm -hmm. great music and, and whatever it's, it's going to be a higher priced thing. I mean, the reason I haven't seen, for instance, the Rolling Stones or the Who, which are probably the best. Um, sorry, uh, if, if if we're talking about like a an equivalent sort of situation, mm-hmm. probably like you know uh, from that era, 
I would, I've never seen the who I've never seen the Rolling Stones. I just haven't been motivated enough to do it over the years. I've thought about it a lot, but concert ticket prices for them are intense. Like it's a lot Mm -hmm. of money and I haven't been quite motivated enough to, to spend that money on those acts, even though I love them. I mean, especially the who I, I really like the who, um, but I don't know. It's a, it's a lot of money and it's also hard to talk somebody else into going to spend $150, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's not like if you're going like, you know, Hey, I'm going to see this 21 year old kid who's new, who just put out his first album tickets are $20. Do you want to come mm-hmm. with me? Which my friend does to me all the time or I do to her. No problem. <laughs> You know, $20 is a companion fee. That's fine to go to a show, even if you've only heard a few songs by somebody, but to shell out 150 bucks is a is, is a big investment. Um, that is that is my issue at the moment as well. Like if Paul does come back to the UK, my best friend who went with me uh, back in 2018 on the final gig of the Freshen Up tour in London, he's very much, oh no, I've done it now. I don't need to go see it again. So he was the only person I really could ever have taken. So uh, if, you know, if, if Paul comes back to the UK, especially if he plays uh, Birmingham, if, if he played Birmingham, I would just pass out with joy, but I'd probably end oh, yeah. up take, taking my mom if if I if I'm honest just being like you know because she was there she in the 60s she loved the Beatles as well uh, it was it was important for my grandma as well so that would probably be the person I'd take maybe even my sister as well but yeah finding someone to go with you is definitely an issue and just touching on like you know the stones and the who like it it's a lot of money in the sense that you know I don't want to spend that much money to see Roger Daltrey topless anymore. And I don't want to spend that much money to see yeah. the Stones play Satisfaction incorrectly again. You know, it's, it's, uh, you've really yeah. got to, you've really got to fact, factor all, all of that in. Cause then there's, there's, there's the transport, there's parking, there's the food as well. Like it's not just the ticket price. It's, it's a lot. And at some point you have to just, like a couple a couple years ago, again, I just, everything's pre-pandemic because, like I said, just a huge black hole. And concerts have just started happening again. So mm-hmm. um, everything I'm talking about, I assume, was in 2019, but I don't know. <laughs> um, but me and my bestie, we were, we, um, we were looking at all of these old acts. Going, and I kept saying to her, like, listen – we need to see all the boomeracks now because everybody's dying and this is our last chance. Like, this is for real our last chance. Like we need to go if they're going. They're dropping like flies. Seriously though, we thought about see, and we were like, oh shit, we really should see Paul Simon. He's coming to, he's coming to Orlando. But it was like two days after we had just gone to Nashville to see Mike Nesmith, which thank God we did. Um, And so we were like, uh no and it was you know it was like a hundred bucks or whatever the going price is for for that generation of people and um we're like no 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 let's wait and then he announced like i'm never touring again or something we're like fuck we should have made it happen you're like we should have gone and then elton john was playing too i've never seen elton john i'd like to go see all these guys are like i would like to see them but i'm not um, I don't have a fire under my ass. It's not one of my mm-hmm. life goals to see Elton John, but 
I like Elton John. I, you know, I like 20 songs of his that I could name, right? Yeah. That's a yeah. pretty big catalog. So I would enjoy going to see him, but I'm not super, super invested in it. And even Bob Dylan, who I am crazy about, he just played recently, but I don't know. It was midweek and <laughs> it was like a hundred bucks and nobody wants to go with me. And I've seen him twice before. So, you know, I don't know. The only person that I'm this nuts about that I would pay an exorbitant amount of money on is Paul McCartney. It's interesting, though, how reactive people have been to the ticket prices this time around. I mean, when I saw him, it was nosebleed, but in the the, the closest nosebleeds to the stage. So it, it wasn't far at all. I was £125, so between $200 and $250. Uh, don't know about Canadian or yen or doubloons or anything like that. Um, but I found that to be incredibly cheap. I was like, oh, it's that much. Yeah. So... All of these headlines, they're basically quoting the front few rows, I'm imagining. They're not talking about the seats at the back. I'm, I'm guessing that's the formula. Stupid. You can't, like, why are you, co- first of all, Paul McCartney's concert tickets are not healthcare. It's not something that you just deserve. So, like, <laughs> it's it's just a product that's being offered to you. Either you, you buy it or you don't. Like, why are you complaining about ticket prices? Like, he... Like he owes you or something. It's ridiculous. And also, this it's a big show. He's got to pay, you know, it, it takes money to put these productions on. Rusty Anderson know. doesn't work for free, you know. Nobody works for free. And they and it's a it's a big, like I said, it's a big production. They've got to roll in and out. What am I talking? Why am I explaining this? Everybody knows what a concert tour is. It's it takes a lot of it takes a lot to to put on and there's insurance and all kinds of shit now so um yeah and also I just you know again maybe I'm I'm not dirt poor like I you know was at whatever twenty three or or what have you so I have a little bit more money now so it it, it doesn't hit me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hurt me quite as much now. I get that. And I understand that that's a position of privilege that I'm in. But at the same time, things cost money. Like, I, you know, I went to see the Beatles Cirque du Soleil in Vegas once, and that shit was almost $100 for mm-hmm. fucking Cirque du Soleil. It's not so, in the real Beatles, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what, what do you think tickets cost? I don't know. It just it doesn't seem reasonable, unreasonable to me. Um to ask for like 150 bucks or something to go to, to go to a concert. And also um, you can go to StubHub and get tickets for a much a cheaper price. I just looked on before we got on the air, I just looked and there were tickets to Orlando for like $44 nosebleeds and stuff but like i've been to plenty of concerts that are in amphitheaters or in city parks or whatever 44 dollars to see a fucking living legend get the fuck out of here that's nothing like stop bitching just go or don't go i think a lot of these people are probably thinking like oh well he's a billionaire why does he need to make more money and like why, why do you think it's going into his pocket though 
Well, like, I mean, a lot of it goes to NPL and all the people who help make the tour happen, like you say, insurance and stuff like that. And it it does come down to the, the idea that you don't have to buy it. You don't have to go. I mean, he's toured so much over the last few years and the tours are so similar that what are you really desperately missing out on? And being that we're in the internet age now as well, it's all going to be online, like, the day after. Um I mean, we'll talk about that 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 as well. And these are like the same people that are probably, you know, they were all the ones who were sharing the illegal downloaded files of McCartney 3 the moment before that came out, you know? Yeah, it's like people complaining about, oh, there's so many versions of this album being put out. Well, like, you don't have to buy them, you consumer freak. Like, <laughs> just get what you want. <clears throat> and you don't need 50 copies of something. Like, don't, that's your issue. Like, don't put your OCD you know, <laughs> obsessive collector thing on somebody else. Like, yeah, there's people that if you, that's like saying like, <laughs> cut that part out. I don't want to be. <laughs> I'm just uh, saying. like. So yeah, let's, uh, let's talk about your reaction when you found out the tour was happening. Uh, how, how did you feel? Were you immediately excited? Did, did did you know you were going to go on it? Was there any trepidation? Did you have to wait and see where he was going? <laughs> I I wasn't thrilled and I wasn't disappointed when I felt I was I, I was like, well, that's predictable. Like I wasn't surprised <laughs> that he went back out on tour because we know him. Right. We mm-hmm. know how he how he is. Um, and also, if Bob Dylan's touring, there's no way Paul McCartney's not going to be touring. Right. He is the most competitive person on the planet. So as long as the Rolling Stones are alive, Paul is going to be touring. We can believe that. Um, So that wasn't that that was not out of left field. Um, I didn't necessarily plan on going because, like I said, I have seen him twice fairly recently. Mm -hmm. But then Daphne expressed interest. And so, again, like I said, when when you have a, a virgin with you, boy, that really sounds creepy and, and predatory. When you have a virgin with you, it makes everything like, more exciting again. <laughs> but she was excited. <laughs> so I so I was excited. So I was like, well, then yeah, let's go. Shit, if we're gonna go together, that's gonna be super fun. And uh, why do you think of the tour name? Got back. Bit cheesy, or is it? Oh, it's awful! It's awful. But <laughs> like it, it, you know, my first reaction is like, "Wow, that is such a cheap uh, exploitation of Get Back." But then I'm like, "Well, it is something that it's a product that just came out. Why would he not capitalize on it?" Um, and then I thought it is absolutely an ass pun. And then I was like but that's so on brand for him. So, yeah. you know, it's like, ultimately he, you know, I just went back and forth and back and forth and I'm like, whatever, just keep it. It's fine. Oh, it's no. it's like, it's both, it's like dumb, but also kind of funny and also appropriate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's fine. I'm just, th- th- there must've been other ones float floating around his mind. Like, you know, maybe like one of us or uh, the, I don't know, the one after 909 months in lockdown or I, I don't know, any, <laughs> anything like that. <laughs> now, I mean, actually, actually, like if I'm looking at it from a marketing point of view, Got Back is probably the best because it does evoke 
get back, which is something you want to capitalize on, mm-hmm. um, but it is slightly different. And then it is also a cheeky ass pun. I mean, this is a man who like, what was it? Five years ago, named his tour up and coming. Like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> he's already had a dick joke tour. Like he's uh, definitely not up and coming. He's like, what? He was 69 on that tour. Like, it's so stupid. It's like, uh, obviously a fucking dick joke. Welcome back to the 2024 tour. Wet lips. Oh no, Paul. No. <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, back and busty, or just like, it's, it's like, okay, Paul, you've got to tone this down. This is getting a bit offensive. I'm really sorry. <laughs> now, something that I know you were struggling with, or not struggling, but something that was present in your <laughs> mind was um, the the barrage of social media and people posting the set lists and stuff like that. What mm. what was what what was your pre gig media blackout like? <laughs> well, it because we went and saw him so early in the tour, it wasn't that bad. So I basically just had to mute Twitter for five days. It was <laughs> terrible. I went through withdrawal. No, it was fine. It's like anytime I can get off Twitter for a week, it's like the best thing I do all year. So um, <laughs> it was fine. Um, wow. I did get spoiled for the biggest thing, but I just mm-hmm. didn't want to be spoiled for the anything new because the thing is is i knew i was going to get very little that was actually different and new so i didn't mm-hmm. want to know ahead of time like that's it's really going to ruin any of the uh, spontaneity for me everyone we're going to start off with the entire track listing of driving rain one two three four <laughs> that was if, if if that had happened just the the, <laughs> the exhalation from the audience would have been so worth it i mean it'd be funny if like he did stuff like that if he just went into a song that no one wanted him to play like if you just started lonely road and then went nah, <laughs> hey dude like just just did that just to fuck with us a bit i think i think that'd show a, a little a little self-awareness um well again, well that's a that's a different topic because i think there's actually a, a conversation to be had about like what does the audience want versus what the Paul McCartney fans want. And and the other question is like, what is the ratio of insane people like us and the mm-hmm. people listening to this podcast, let's be honest, and versus like people who just got into the Beatles three months ago, you mm-hmm. know, because of Get Back. Like what, what does the audience really look like nowadays? I wonder how much of it is Paul himself or people at NPL or focus groups. Like, I wonder if it, if it goes that deep, deep down, deep, deep feeling, um, <laughs> you know, cause we're always going to be sat here on these podcasts going, why isn't he doing riding to Jaipur? Why isn't he yeah. playing that? Uh, you know, why isn't he doing, you know, why Sea Moon relegated to all, you know, every single sound check, you know? Um, I mean, you can't please all the people all the time. And his objective is to please the maximum amount of people. And the if you're always going to want to shortchange the diehards. You're not going to want to shortchange <laughs> the people who, you know, blew their hundred bucks to come see you for the very first time just to make sure that they hear Hey Jude before they die. Of course, you're going to want to, you want to satisfy those people. The diehards can die mad about it, right? They're not going anywhere. 
But how many of these people really are seeing him for the first time as well? Like how many are just there, uh, there were a lot. There were yeah. a lot. There I mean, there were uh, there were plenty of teenagers and young people. It's not like the whole crowd is like 80 years old. Mm. There's a lot. There's a, a lot of a lot of kids. Be funny if it was though. <laughs> it's a show just for the for the for the pensioners. Only ninety percent of you will survive this show. One, two, three, four. If I can't drink water, you can't drink water either. Um, although that that was an actual headline I saw on like the Express and Star or something. It was like Paul McCartney actually drinks water on stage, and I thought that's actually quite a, quite a, quite a funny headline for those who are in the know. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a self-selective group because it's not just people who come to it's it's people who can afford to go, mm-hmm. right? And people who are mobile enough to get to the spot where he's playing, right? So it's a different crowd than it is like when he played um, the Coliseum and it was free and like fourteen million people showed up or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's a much different demographic than the people who shelled out the money. Mm. it'd be it'd be interesting if he had more of a fluid set list like maybe people had to enter information as to what kind of fan they were i mean that would just be needless red tape and we could all have screens at our seats and then we get to vote on like the like fan playlist (laughs) but you know what every every time on social media i mean this might just be to drive up social media i don't maybe no one's even reading it but they always post a thing that says, what do you want Paul to play? And -hmm. if you look at those lists, you know, I mean, (laughs) there's all, everybody writes, maybe I'm amazed. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. It's, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, ultimately that is what people want to hear. That is what the most people want to hear. And I know that for us geeks, it's like, what but but how we've heard it so many you know it's like we want to hear deep deep feeling but mm-hmm. most people want to hear like even when i went with Kristen, we, we were talking um after the show and uh she and her husband were like i'm sure that he doesn't mind playing the the Beatles songs or whatever because i was like i i i'd be fine if he played zero Beatles songs like mm-hmm. i'd like to go here you know as every mccartney fanatic says i'd love to go hear acoustic versions of mccartney too or whatever and she's like i'm sure he doesn't mind i said he said it was like drowning in the nicest possible way <laughs> <laughs> and they looked at me like oh my god oh. well yeah I, I, I'm just thinking about an acoustic version of Front Parlor now and how weird that would sound. <laughs> but it would oh sound gosh. great. It would sound, yeah. all of that would, all of that would reproduce really well. I, because I recently went to see Washed Out mm-hmm. and all of their shit re, reproduced terrific. I've seen, a, I've seen a lot of electronic bands actually that, that really sound great live. Mm. So where did you see Paul exactly? And what was the venue that you saw him at this time around? I saw him at the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, which is in the Seattle Center. Um, I'd never actually been to that arena before. Hmm. So that was my first time there. Um, And it's very nice. For any any British fans listening, Seattle is where Frasier is set, if you need a bit of context there. Mm -hmm. Well, and where (laughs) grunge happened in the 90s. 
Uh, Niles, I'm off to see Paul McCarty. But Frasier, my father, has a... Yeah, <laughs> So, um, you know, walk, walk me through the day leading up to it. How far did you have to travel? What was the crowd like? Did you grab any food? Where were your seats? What was the merch like? You know, take me through the whole thing leading up to the show. Um, Daphne and I stayed uh, pretty close to... It was it was like a maybe 20-minute walk. So we just walked there and back. Um Okay. Oh, first off, awesome. Love that. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Americans live within places of walking distance. That's oh my god. Okay. Cool. I know. I was listening to the um, to the BC the Beatles uh, their recent episode about mm-hmm. um, Paul McCartney concerts. They were talking about parking prices, and I was like, parking? Who parks? <laughs> I was like, I've literally never driven to a concert anywhere ever in my life. <laughs> I, no, it's okay. called into it <laughs> in my head though i do have a picture of you and daphne on a tandem bicycle but that's because that's just a cuter image in my mind oh yeah. that's exactly yeah. what happened yeah <laughs> bring 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 we're coming paul yes. yeah. in raincoats because it's seattle <laughs> drinking coffee out of a paper cup <laughs> or or it's a tandem bike that doesn't have any wheels and, it, and it's in black and white and, you, and you're just singing i i feel fine together <laughs> <laughs> yep bike to nowhere <laughs> yeah so uh so yeah so we walked um we hit some bars on the way uh, yes <laughs> we um, just oh, actually are we, we in just full, one. are we in full mccartney regalia previous tour shirts or anything like that no 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 okay no i'm t- i'm still too i would never i would never do that that's like a gen x uh no, no, you can't. Do, you're not <laughs> not allowed to do that. And I am technically Gen X. I'm kind of on the edge, but I but I consider myself Gen X. Um, no, we're not allowed to do that. You can't you can't wear merch to a to a show. Um, what else? You um, arrive at the stadium. You arrive at the stadium. Yeah. Oh, I did uh, have a, a really stupid moment where I <laughs> pulled up my tickets and like every time, every time I fucking go to a show, this happens. I always forget my password to whatever <laughs> the stupid, you know, parent company of the ticket master, whatever, whoever, ESXL or whatever, whoever sells the concerts. <laughs> and I have to like stand in line going, oh my God, I got to change my passwords. And it takes like 10 minutes and I'm cursing the whole time. And then it's fine. And oh, here are the tickets. Barcode beep. And you're good. And you're going. And then we um, here's something new. <laughs> Neither of us spent a red cent at the show. Like we went by the merch table, but we didn't get anything. We just sort of like deliberated for 15 minutes, <laughs> like admired all the shirts and discussed them. Um, and then we couldn't really decide on on anything and we didn't have anything to eat or drink because we didn't need to and like we had just come from a bar and we'd each had a drink so what's the point mm-hmm. um and uh so that was new usually i get well actually i don't know if that's true do i usually get it yeah i i've gotten a couple i got one at the at the last the last two shows i got a shirt but it, before that, I probably didn't get merch because I'm cheap. And so I would get it like after the fact on eBay or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, have I told you my shameful merch story? 
I might have, I'm not sure. Please, um, please do. When I saw Paul on Freshen Up, uh, I got the the Red Row Speedway-esque T-shirt, which I still wear to this day, because oh, nice. I, I cannot stand people who buy merch and don't wear it or buy records that don't play them. Um, yeah. And I also got the Egypt Station mug. And then I go to a pub after, because it's England, and that's what you do when you have a spare moment. You go and buy alcohol and consume vast amounts of it, of course. Yeah, um, sure. This is also the gig where I, because at the O2, they do double pints, and I felt like the Hobbits in Lord of the Rings just discovering a regular pint. Again, I was like, oh my God, they do double pints, and I bought six of them. Um, but I went to this pub, and they had a ceramic tile floor in the bathroom, and I just threw the bag on the floor about to go to the urinal, <gasps> mug smashes oh, oh so what i do is i i i relieve myself i i wash my hands because i did that before the pandemic and i <laughs> and i rush right back to the merch store i push past people like <laughs> i'm like emergency. excuse me coming through sorry oh you know, knocked an old lady to the floor she couldn't see the show tipping babies out, out of prams and stuff and i go right up to the to the clerk at the exit, so I've pushed through the exit, and I go, "Why have you sold me a broken mug?" <laughs> oh my god, you did not! Yeah, why have you sold me a broken mug, you cheap fuck? And like I slapped him, and uh, <laughs> but no, but seriously, I was like, "Why have you sold me a broken mug?" He said, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Here's a free replacement. I'm like, "Thank you very much. I'm glad oh you could god. be so helpful." I turn no, I really turned on my. <laughs> What's what's the male character? Is it a Kyle? Is it a Kyle uh, some, or a Ken? I became that. I I, I was like, I, I need to see the manager here. And by wow. manager, I mean Paul McCartney. I need to see Paul McCartney right now. Good that for is, you. Good for you. And it's still in my cupboard to this day. It's lovely and stained. And then recently, uh, I I got I got a jet wash and got my friend to hold it, and I get a clean it. It's good as new. So uh, that's awesome. And by the way, folks, that is why ticket prices are what they are because of <laughs> <laughs> breakage like that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my Don't gosh. I, I, and that's not even the most shameful thing I did that day. But I won't tell the other story on air. Oh, the, I, there's several stories I'm not telling on air. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so we did we we did have edibles though because it, it's it is oh <laughs> <laughs> now is this are, are these the edibles where it's like oh okay these are fun or is it or is it the ones where you go what's the what's the th oh they're how strong boo do 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 no 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 <laughs> listen i like to get high but i don't like to get that fucking high anymore <laughs> like i'm not trying to like blow my mind out of existence and I the like last to get place, the last place you want to have a panic attack is Ex- McCartney yeah concert. no I don't I don't know first yeah. of all I've been out of my mind I- enough times so I'm not trying to trip balls or anything <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> really like an alternative to having a drink I could I could, I could I could I could just pick picture you look looking up at the stage not really knowing where you are we're like oh my god he's back from the dead during a certain song um <laughs> which we'll get to shortly. But yeah, um, yeah, so you're at the show. I'm guessing everyone's getting a bit restless. There's a bit of jostling. There's some people on on, on stage going, test, 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 <laughs> test. And then Paul walks onto stage. How was it? Was, there, was it just deafening? 
no, actually, um, to be perfectly frank with you, it was a little weird. Like the vibe was a little bit weird. Hmm. Um, yeah. And I just kind of chalked it up to post pandemic strangeness because everything's been a little weird post pandemic in my, mm-hmm. you know, my experience. Um, and it wasn't the first show I've been to. Um, we saw Adam Melker fairly recently. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a, a small show. He's a small guy. <laughs> and uh, we saw Washed Out, which was a, a little bit bigger, but still, you know, not massive. Um, and they were, the Adam Melker show was weird. Um because it was it was still kind like people were still wearing masks, mm-hmm. but not everybody. Um, but we were, and it was like partially outdoor, like it was it was half outdoors, it was like open air, it was like ventilated, but it wasn't quite um it, it wasn't uh like quite a hundred percent outdoors. Mm-hmm. And then Wash Out was indoor, like full on indoors. Um and nobody was wearing masks or whatever. Like where where I am at least, um, post Delta, people are not really masking, mm-hmm. even indoors. Um, and and there was zero masking going on in Seattle. Like nothing, no nowhere. Um, that's not so unusual. I mean, that's pretty much how it is around the country now. I don't know if it's the same in England. Oh, yeah. No, no. The only people I see wearing masks are, like, people at my local nerdy card gaming club. That's a, that's literally about it. In my pub, I haven't seen one for about yeah. a year. For about a year now, easily. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um. So, it's, you know, it's kind of like things are back to normal, but things are definitely not back to normal. You know what I mean? It's like, we're Mm -hmm. all kind of acting like we didn't just go through a plague and it's weird. It's really weird. And I mean, I don't know. Paul's 80 years old. I'm, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people, I'm sure he's known people who have died Mm -hmm. recently. Um, I, I mean, I'm just, I don't know anything. I'm just assuming because a lot of people died in the last couple of years. Mm. So um, I don't know. And then he's also older. So, you know, a lot of us went through all, all kinds of trauma during the pandemic that some that we are aware of, some that we aren't aware of. Um, life changed a lot. We got all of us got shaken out of our routines um, I don't know the effect that that has on him or his band or the people who do the stage tour or, mm-hmm. you know, what, what does that have? What kind of effect does that have on a performer, on somebody who lives for an audience and somebody who's super sociable? At least we think of him that way. I mean, I don't know what he's like in his private life, but, um, you know, we think of him as like a really social person. He's always out. We see him out all the time at shows um, at parties, you know, like he's always out doing stuff. So I don't know. He seemed a little bit, uh, again, this is based on having seen him, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, live fairly recently. So I do have something to compare it to. Um, he definitely seemed more, uh, he, he seemed less energetic. 
Hmm. And he seemed less. He seemed kind of less into the whole thing. I'll be honest. <laughs> That's interesting. That's yeah. really interesting. But the crowd, the crowd was probably a bit more maybe not dumbfounded, but might be quietly, surreally appreciative. Might 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 be it. the best the best way to put it. That it it just wasn't the same kind of Shea Stadium for Raw that we're all kind of used to then. Yeah. And again, I don't, like I said, I've seen him in a few different parts of the country and all of those cities locally have different flavor, right? Mm -hmm. So um, crowds in New York are a little bit different from crowds in California versus like Florida or Georgia, you know, Um, and then the Pacific Northwest. I mean, those are like different corners of the country. They're all a little different. So um, I don't, it's the first concert I've ever been to in Seattle. I don't really know what that crowd is like, what to compare it to. Um, But yeah, the crowd seemed a little like repressed or, you know, like a little, like a little guarded and a little, a little tense, but again, um, it was for all intents and purposes, a super spreader. I mean, that's what you'd call it (laughs) if it happened a year ago. Right. Um, so it was weird. Like, I think I, you know, people just might not feel super comfortable, even though, um, you know, COVID is much more manageable now. Everybody's vaccinated and, you know, but, but we're all shell shocked. And so it's, it's probably not very surprising that being in a, theater jam packed full of people's making people feel a little weird yeah especially when like loud screaming was actually something that was uh reported to be a main spreader like we like we were exactly to, you you know you weren't allowed to talk loudly publicly you know let alone having tens of thousands of people exhale the entire contents of their lungs onto each other in one fell swoop you know yeah it totally to makes sense totally makes sense but let's talk about something even more notorious than the pandemic, and that is the topic of <laughs> Paul McCartney's voice. Um, oh. had, had, look, Feeney, give it, give it to me straight, like pear cider made from 100% pears. How did he sound? He sounded uh, actually a lot better than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is what I've heard al- already from other people. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was good. So I think people were a little nervous because he gave a not terrific performance on that um, live nonsense, that pandemic, like, let's raise money for COVID or whatever that was. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I remember that. that. Um, he's, he's saying like Lady, Lady Madonna. Oh, sorry. I've, I've, I'd, I'd repress that. That's all just I know, I know. Like a, a Vietnam flashback now. It sh- and it should be. In fair, it, like out of respect for him. Like, let's just forget <laughs> that that happened. Um, but no I think that, that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it scared people a little bit. So, um, yeah. I mean, and not it, not having done a tour that was 73 shows last month, and having a, a, co- yeah. a couple of years to actually just rest his vocal cords might have been the best thing for him to keep touring in a, another few years. Yeah. And he does, I mean, like, nobody expects him to be, you know, to have the voice of a 25-year-old or anything. 
Um, you just want him to be able to sing on key. It really, I mean, that's kind of where the bar is. It's like, can you sing on key and remember the words? <laughs> that's what we're there for, really. Um, I mean, Lennon couldn't do half of that when he was a young man, you know? <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, that was mostly about remembering the words, not about him being on key, folks. Just to... In case I pissed off all the Lennon fans there. Yes, it's a joke. <laughs> we love John. He's a great performer. Calm down. Um, I mean, I feel like when people... I mean, to, to be honest with you, I'm kind of pained by the obligation to bring up this topic in the first place. And yeah. I don't mean to do the, the, the no true Scotsman argument, but anyone who slags off Paul's voice at this point, I don't consider to be true fans. And I know that that's quite a statement but it's, i mean if you're if you're if you're paying if you're going to see an 80 year old and you expect him to sound great then like forget fandom like you're just not very smart like it's just not gonna happen what are, what what are you even talking about are you like are you also disappointed that he can't run a six minute mile like it's stupid he's no, fucking but- 80 years old do you have any idea how animals like what happens to their bodies as they age it's also the same people, or there's a definite crossover with, well, he should just quit while he's ahead now because it's only going to get worse and worse. And it's like, no, no one quits while they're ahead for one. That's just basic hu- human nature. But if you yeah. can do it, if you can do it, you will. Um, I mean, there's definitely a bit of jealousy there as well because a lot of these people are not going to be in the same fitness and vigour and career success as Paul when they're 80. Let's, let's just called a spade a spade here as well of course of course he's he's a phenomenal human specimen like the even giving air to this topic is stupid but i i will say that like i almost all of the reviews that i've read were very kind and complimentary Mm -hmm. like nobody harped on that on his on his voice not sounding perfect that actually most of them were like Gotta be honest, it's damn impressive for an 80-year-old gentleman. Yeah, because like all we've had really to compare this to before is like um uh, like Jerry Lee Lewis or something like that. And uh yeah, hmm. this definitely has a bit more pep and and uh, energy than those kind of performances. But on from how it was sung, let's talk about what was sung. And you know, we've already touched on the set list and the immovability of it already, but Overall, were you pleased with the selection of songs that were performed? Uh, yes and no, would that be the answer? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping for more. I, first of all, the biggest disappointment is that there were zero songs from McCartney 3. Oh, wait, did he not do Women and Wives at your show? He did not do Women what? and Wives. What? <laughs> he didn't even get, he didn't even get Women and Wives. Oh, my God. This is hilarious. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, folks, if you can't, yeah, you won't this, but I'm pointing and laughing at people. <laughs> if we were at school now, I'd, like, push you in a mud puddle. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Shut up. You didn't I even get the worst McCartney 3 song. Oh, oh I know you don't like it, but uh, I, I would have been thrilled to hear it. In fact, I, afterwards, I saw on YouTube, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. 
you guys got women and wives and we got fucking paperback whatever it was we can work it out that's some bullshit oh that's so funny that oh my god (laughs) (laughs) oh it's the highlight of the episode for me that is oh my god (laughs) sorry folks i just got to uh calm down a bit there so you didn't <laughs> you didn't get women and wives. Um, did you at least get getting better returning from like the last tour in two thousand and two? I believe that was played. We got getting better, but I could have done without that one. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a so so song, isn't it? But I, I didn't. It wasn't great. To be honest, like first of all, mm-hmm. I like we've well established this. No one's going to be surprised to hear me say I. Love Paul McCartney. Like, I love it. He's my favorite songwriter. I love love his music. So he's not going to play songs that I dislike. Like, Mm -hmm. I like all of them, right? So for me, it's more like, is your performance of this good? And are you excited to play it? Because the other thing is that I know you're tired of playing the same shit. I know you are. It would Like, if you played Sliden everybody would be excited and you guys would be excited and your band would be excited. Why? I don't need to hear. We can work it out. <laughs> I need to pick on that song, but uh, yeah. It, or it, fucking it, love it, me do. It's not even like McCartney three bombed or anything though. It was a number one album. Well, like, yes, the thing I don't understand is like, are they going to add more as it goes on more McCartney three down the line? Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if they just had, because some of the things, and he, I know at the beginning of the tour, they try out a couple things and they, that they might end up dropping or, or keeping, you know, as the tour progresses. And that's fine. I don't mind that. I, it's okay to be the, the test case or whatever. Um, and we were wondering why he didn't do women and wives at our show and thought, well, oh, maybe it didn't go well before mm. or they didn't like it or or he got a bad reset i don't you know i don't know that's a question that i can't answer because i didn't hear it i didn't see the i know there's probably a version floating on youtube a recording of it yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um right. it's okay it's like middling <laughs> yeah it's it's just him on piano the band's not really doing anything it you know i was kind of hoping for opening track long tail winter bird and then straight into find my way i think that would have given it a bit of energy and people like oh my god yeah. it's paul he's back he's got new right, material right, right. um i mean, I, mean he should, he, I would have preferred him to open the show with find my way other than mm-hmm. can't buy me love i mean i don't need to hear can't buy me love again just if if, if you'd have heard that bam and then if abe had come in with that like everyone would have been on their feet, dancing. I mean, not only is there a lack of McCartney 2, though, an album which, ostensibly, Paul has to be able to play because he recorded all of the instruments himself less than a year ago, or about about a year ago. Yeah. There's also a lot of electronica stuff. So, like, you could just have Wixie doing Deep Down very, very easily, and, and you know, it would it would just work. But, um, uh, and, but all of those are replicable by, by live instrument or whatever anything that you do with a drum machine you can recreate on stage anything you do with a keyboard you can recreate on stage there's nothing in his catalog that's not recreatable and i i mean listen i've seen a lot of 
because I like a lot of electronic music and I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of acts and live and like you can recreate all of it. Mm-hmm. And it sounds terrific live. So um, he could do, like I said, the, he could do the whole McCartney two album. What, what, what would you do? Like I would, I would travel overseas to see him do McCartney two live. Oh, I mean, right. If I if I heard that like Frank Sinatra's party was on the latest set list, I'd be like, right, I need to get a ticket now. Like, <laughs> right? Like, who, I'm hawking <laughs> my entire record collection to go to that show. Who have I got a fuck to get these tickets now? You know, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, exactly. Uh, uh, sell my soul to the devil. Uh, I mean, uh, my, um, some of uh, you know anything off the uh explorers edition of egypt station would have been nice anything off mccartney 2 would have been nice um, I, you know what paul could sorry, go out mccartney 3 sorry mccartney 3 so yeah he could go out and bill himself as the he could tour as the fireman and then the fireman could do fireman stuff mccartney 2 stuff like he could throw in some uh random McCart- like he could even remix like whatever do a with a little luck and do it live. yes exactly he could do all that and that way he would have to play zero hits he would barely have to sing <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. and the like the nerds like us would be fucking nerdgasming for the whole yeah. thing and we'd pay money and it would be legendary it would be legendary paul do it but he's not gonna do it I mean, like, <laughs> the closest we've got to a nerdgasm in these latest was like, oh, he did Let Him In, a big right. hit single. Right, seriously. Yeah, yeah exactly. or like, <laughs> junior, Junior's Farm, a big hit single. It's like, that's the closest we get to a nerdgasm. Because, like, I'm sorry, Paul, in spite of all the danger, doesn't impress me anymore. Uh, you know, four or five seconds doesn't impress me anymore. I mean, the only the, 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 the only guilty pleasure I have in the set list now is, like, Dance Tonight. But, again, that was a big hit me single. Too. Like, you know yeah yeah and and four or five seconds is gone too it's like that i think he oh, come that he on. that's yep that's gone too well in fairness he has too many hits mm-hmm. he has too many hits sam i mean he it's not even like people complain about him going and playing his hits and i'm like yeah but he is playing like one third of his hits <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean I mean, I'm not asking him to be Dylan and like, you know, here's a version of All Along the Watchtower that doesn't sound anything like the album version that you're going to hate listening to or like, you know, Bowie doing Heroes in a completely different key. I'm just saying, just just throw in. I don't yeah. know. Even if you put in I Don't Know, the, my least favourite song from Egypt Station, I'd still be like, this is new, this is cool, I'm engaged. He should and- do, like, who cares? So, so he did some of that, like, he did it at the that central... Um, yeah. Grand, hello, Grand Central Station concert, he did Who know, Who Cares and stuff. He did some of that stuff live. I don't know, I just think, whatever, it is what it is. Ultimately, at the end of the day, he, you know, he's like, I got to... These are the ones that people want to hear. So I'm going to got to play them. He doesn't belong to us, Phoebe. He belongs to the world. And the world is full of dirty casuals, fucking filthy casuals. I know. And I'm like, instead of getting mad at him for that, we should feel empathy for him. I mean, like, what a shitty position that is for him. I'm sure he's not thrilled to go out and, like he said, like, like he, you know, he once said, it's like drowning. In the nicest. I've got to way. find that quote. I've got to. That is going straight up on the Twitter after I after this episode. Oh my! This gosh. is the best quote ever. <laughs> 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 uh, 
um, like since you asked uh let's so you know when uh, on on his uh, website uh you know his um you gave me the answer segment he was like widely quoted as saying there are going to be a few surprises on the tour uh, not really, Paul. Not really at all. But there was one big <laughs> one. I'm, I'm guessing this is the spoiler you saw oh, on yeah, social yeah, media, yeah, yeah. which is Paul's duet with John for I've Got a Feeling. Now, I've been a bit unimpressed by this sat across the pond. How mm. was it there experiencing it live? Well, it was very impressive, but I will say that it wasn't really like a grand showstopper. Um, for one thing, they made no fanfare about it. Um, they kind of just did it. And then every, everybody was just kind of like stunned. It's not, it's not, the experience is effective. Like it, it's, but it, but you're not like, ah, it's not that kind of a effect. Like Beatlemania, you're more like, oh my God, you know, it's just kind of like like stunning for a moment mm-hmm. um it's it did not come across as gimmicky which is the biggest accomplishment because it so easily could have and yeah i don't know it was like like it was nice but it wasn't even the focal point of the encore even you know <laughs> and it definitely wasn't the focal point of the show um which is interesting. Yeah, uh, so the encore begins with I've Got a Feeling, then Birthday, Helter Skelter, Golden Slumbers, Carry That Weight at the End. Yeah, I imagine Helter Skelter and the end were way more satisfying, really. Helter Skelter, I thought, was awesome. I wasn't expecting it, and mm-hmm. I thought they killed it. It's not really an encore song, is it? It's more like a late main set list song so for him to put it in there that that was that was that was, that was pretty cool oh, it was it was it was wild and daphne was kind of unimpressed because it's she she's like man not really into that song which i'm like you're insane because that song is awesome but um yeah they were really into it too and i was like wow this band they rock better than they do ballads or any of that stuff too i that they could have just gone on and and just rocked and done that and you know <laughs> mama only mama knows and letting go and you know they they could have just gone on and kicked ass for yeah. an hour and it would have been as rocking as <laughs> whatever anything that you uh, could find out there probably today. I don't know. I'm talking shit. I don't know who rocks. I'm not super into rock, rock, rock and rock. But, rock and um, rock. Yeah, man. yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm just going on a setlist.com right now. And yeah, there is no women and wives on your show. But also, um, you had um, uh, Queenie Eye, whereas another show Yay. had New instead. So there is ah. some variation in this tour. Maybe you are right. This is more of the figuring out what the final set list is. Yeah. But come on, Paul, just be brave. I mean, how many versions of McCartney three are out there? You know, you've you've got to you've got to throw us a bone. I mean, even doing like a version from Three Imagined would be really cool if you if you know, say if like 
um, you know, Beck was nearby or something, bring him on to do his version. Uh huh. Uh huh. I mean, yeah. I've said this before. He and St. Vincent are both going to be at Glastonbury. They have to do women and wives together. They have oh, to. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come for sure. on. Like, oh, and then, you know, Paul and St. Vincent on stage. I don't know how I'm going to feel about, about that. I'm going to be, I'm going to be crying. I'm going to be aroused. It's going to be a real conflagration of emotions for me. You know? mm-hmm. Are you going to Glastonbury? I don't do festivals. I don't, mm. Nah, fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not really in the festivals either. It's too much. No, um, I don't know. I just, I, I just don't like the idea of not being by a Starbucks. It's, it, it, it just, upset, <laughs> it just upsets me. Not, not being near roofs and, like you know, seeing all the litter and destruction that's left and, I, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. And uh, you know. yeah, did you ever see that the um, Paul talking about Bonnaroo and he's like, yeah, I don't really do fest- festivals and that's a young man's game. <laughs> I was like, that's a perfect way to put it. Festivals are a young man's game. That's how I kind of feel too. I'm just like, I'm not, I feel a little old for a festival. Yeah. Plus, I'm more into class C drugs rather than class A hard stuff, and that's what and that's what mm. you, you, you end you end up doing doing at funerals and you know Yikes. So festivals <laughs> not funerals festivals not funerals but you know um, you know. Depends. You know, and ironically, the less harmful drugs are the most easily identifiable because of smell. And so people are encouraged to do the harder ones. And then that's when dodgy stuff gets sold and casualties Yeeks. happen. You know. Yeah, so, you people know. get assaulted. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, plus also I'm quite a famous guy now, but, you know, because of Paul. I think I don't want to get, of mobbed, course, at, of I don't want to get mobbed at a festival, you know. I don't well, want to it's be not fair to the performers, really. <laughs> And we're going to bring Sam up on stage now to sing Women and Wives. No, Paul, can I sing any other song, please? No, he's <laughs> he's doing women, women and wives. <laughs> have you got Bill Black's bass with you? No, I don't. The one time you don't have Bill Black's bass. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, before we start wrapping this up, Phoebe, is there anything else you want to bring up from the show or have we covered everything? Well, we didn't discuss... <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. I hope that I just hope Paul is enjoying himself because he in in years past he really looked like he was enjoying himself and getting a lot of pleasure out of it. And I don't know that I felt that way so much this time. I, I don't mean to give a bad review. It sounds like I'm telling people not to go, which I'm not. I'm not telling people not to go. Um, and it is a it's a great experience, and it was. Uh, overall it was a it was a great show um he maybe he was distracted at at our show but like yeah the we talked about a little about this in our episode that we did on acom um which i've just seen advertised on instagram right now so uh yeah folks make sure you go and check that out it'll be out a week before this comes out but yeah yeah it just posted this morning um but his stage patter was the same, but also sounded very unrehearsed. So, mm. and I, I am, I'm definitely not implying that um, there's anything, you know, cognitive going on because he didn't seem confused or anything. He just seemed sort of distracted and not, not into it. Right. 
So he told a, <laughs> a couple of stories and then he, he did the, um, the thing where he comes up on the riser and he does Blackbird. He tells the story of Blackbird. He's going through the motions and he's a Blackbird. And then he was like, finish Blackbird. Yeah. So that was about the civil rights movement. And then and he has to segue into here today. And he's like, um, and then the Beatles, you know, we loved each other, but we wanted to, no, no, we wanted to, we wanted to say we loved each other, but we didn't. And here's a song I wrote for John. Like he was totally just like, I <laughs> forgot what this was. Um, what was the point of that? How did I segue this last time? Anyways, <laughs> John died. I felt bad. And here we go. The fact that Blackbird doesn't go into ebony and ivory is still one of the big missed opportunities of 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 his set list. Like if like if you really want to do something that segues nicely, that would work effortlessly. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and then and then do Atlantic Ocean or you know, <laughs> listen to what the man said and do your very problematic expression of a New Orleansman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all right, all right, we're going down and you're already... No, Paul, please, no, don't. Stop, stop. Um, yeah. I don't that, think that's... That's yeah, nothing. That's everything, yeah. <laughs> Plus, he's never going to play that song again because it's a it's a great song and everyone loves it, so therefore he's not going to play it. <laughs> uh, he's if, like, uh, no one will remember that. It's like, Paul, it sold like 14 million copies or <laughs> whatever of his big number. 85,000 million copies. Oh, hang on. Let me just check. Did he do My Valentine... He did oh, do my Valentine. Number nine, in between Letterman and 1985. So song number nine, that's when all the toilets started a flushing. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I uh, love that my Valentine. I really do think it's uh, one of his best songs. I mean, like one of his great songs. Like did he, worthy did he show, of a standard. Did he show Johnny Depp on screen? He did. <laughs> I mean, I... <laughs> It is, it is what it is. I was thinking about it like if, if he did, first of all, he'd have to take it down and that would be a statement in and of itself. Mm-hmm. But then he'd have to put something else up there. <laughs> I think they were just like, ah, just leave it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they get, because they're the, 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 whatever you call it, the movies, the, the screens. Mm-hmm. They haven't really changed. Like, nothing has changed. It's all pretty much, you know, the same. So you've still got Beatles rock band footage. You've still got generic B-roll from the se- from the 60s and 70s. and Still, yeah. Im- still images of John during Here Today. Um, oh, something, tribute to George Harrison, so you got some still images of George. Well. Yeah. No, Here Today, I think, is just dark. Same mm-hmm. with Blackbird. I think it's just dark. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, which is fine and which is nice. I think he should cut that section from the show altogether. Whatever. Look, <laughs> again, I, I'm sorry that I keep saying he's 80, but um, it's a lot to ask for him to like totally revamp his, his concert in the, in the last act of his, touring years i mean this is definitely i don't think we're going out on a limb here to say this is his last act you know i don't think no, he's gonna no i, gonna I expect him to i expect him to totally revamp it i want i want i want to hear mumbo i want to hear single pigeon uh and he has to sing she's a woman f- directly followed by long tall sally 
and he and if he doesn't sound perfect, I'm asking for my money back because those are my yeah. standards as a as a as a Beatles fan. You know. No, I think this is what we're getting from here on out. If you go to a Paul McCartney concert, like you know, sold and packaged via Ticketmaster or whatever in an arena of some sort, this is what you're getting. That that's just how it's going to be. Now that's not to say that he can't do a TV special that's different or, mm-hmm. um, you know, like a little film or, or some kind of different project because to his credit, um, Paul always has interesting projects that people mm-hmm. don't expect and don't know about. And like, did you remember when we got Egypt station and we were like, Oh my God, yay. Another album. Thank God. It's such a gift when we get another album and everybody wanted it to be McCartney three. And then we got Egypt station and we're like, no, mm-hmm. we wanted McCartney three. Now we'll never get it. And then we got it. <laughs> yeah, remember all of that, that we went through. So there's always more coming from him. And like, in a way, it's almost like he's a step ahead of us in that regard. Because again, people were, people were expecting McCartney three when Egypt station came out and he thought, motherfucker gave us two albums of brand new material who mm-hmm. saw that coming i re-listened so, to um egypt station the other day actually i feel like i've been harsh on it in retrospect it's it's a very solid album even the lower awesome. points like it's definitely one of those albums where I'm, I'm not particularly taking many songs out of context and listening on a shuffle playlist but listen to it from start to finish. It's an experience. It's, it's, it's really, really good. I, I don't like, I don't even have, I feel like we haven't eat. There hasn't even been enough passage of time to appreciate how good Egypt station is. And McCartney three people are now experiencing new and like really appreciating how amazing new is. Oh. New is so fucking good. New is so, I mean, New is up there with all of his 70s stuff. New, as far as I'm concerned, is up there with Beatles stuff. I mean, New is amazing. And and people are, it's been, when did it come out? When he, was it oh, wait. No. Mm. No, Memory Almost Full came out in 08. Okay. People still don't know how memory almost full is, but um, 2013. Yeah. 13. Okay. So it's been almost 10 years. And like by now, people are kind of like appreciate, like everybody knows now how good like Queenie Eye and and knew and appreciate and no but you've got like early days early and I can, days I, I and can on my bet. way to work and yes the whole fucking album is fantastic right folks you've heard it here um uh, another kind of mind phoebe slams got back to her that's going to be the head the, the headline <laughs> in uh, in far out magazine and other such publications i'll start spreading this rumor on facebook groups um be, be prepared to fuel the fire. You know, I want some really hateful comments. Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Phoebe, for joining me for what what, what, what has been your second conversation about this within about 48 hours, I imagine. So thank, oh. you, thank you for humoring me. <laughs> You're so welcome. I'm I'm so happy that you invited me on. And I'm, I'm always, I always have a good time on your show. 
Sam, thank you for having me. Oh, you, you, oh, you make me blush. Thank you so much. Mm. And I'm sorry that I couldn't find you a jacket. They, they didn't have any anywhere that we went. Yeah, folks. Um, my 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 mission for Phoebe was for her to find me the uh, the the denim jacket because I was going to spend like two months worth of Patreon money <laughs> uh, having it bought and shipped and yeah I kind of just wanted to be like a Paul McCartney T-bird or a jet or something like that it yeah just, it, it, it it's like a Letterman jacket <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh oh, such a shame such a shame but yeah more to come we're going to hear from another member of the Paul or Nothing Illuminati very, very soon. <laughs> Once again, thank you, Vivi, for coming on. Peace and love. I'll see you in two seconds, folks.